Hello and welcome to The Richard Pyatt Show, a program about rides, people, and smart talk. Now here's Richard Pyatt. Welcome back to another Richard Pyatt Show. Glad you found us and uh, we welcome you to check out our other episodes and uh, keep following us because more episodes keep coming. And we have, of course, a, a whole host of special series. And uh, if your organization, by the way, is looking for purposeful exposure, check us out at LiveMikeCommunications.com. A little while ago, we talked with uh, Terry Vernon and Tanya Bramer. Their podcast is called Go Talk With HR, and you can find it at GoTalkWithHR.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search it. And uh, they spend, as you might guess, a fair amount of time talking about uh, workplace-related issues. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Boy, this job market is really interesting. Everywhere you look, there are help-wanted signs, higher wages signs, signing bonus signs, all of these things going on. There's certainly some opinions about what all of this is about, but what's the real story? Let's get some perspective now with our experts from Go Talk with HR, the podcast. Terry and Tanya, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, glad to to have you back again. And uh, by the way, uh, Terry and Tanya's first visit with us is linked in the show notes if you'd like to hear that as well. Boy, there are, of course, like everything else, political lenses uh, on this whole job situation. Some say, well, we're just paying too much uh, unemployment and uh, other relief services, so nobody wants to work. And then others will say, well, it's a referendum on low wages. People just don't want to get paid that anymore, so they're not doing it. Is there any truth to any of this? And and what do you think the real story is? Terry, yeah, we'll start with you. The great resignation, as they call it, right? Man, so that's <laughs> the other thing that's been going on, right? <laughs> Holy Toledo. Yeah. I suppose like everything else, there's probably kernels of truth in, in all of those perspectives. But what do you really think is happening here? Well, I'll let, you know, I'll put in my two cents and then I'll let Tanya share hers. But, you know, I just think there's, it's just this, this whole colliding of everything, right? Where it all started with the pandemic and, and then, you know, people stressed over working at home and having to be suddenly thrown into that, having to then you know, their children are now at home with them going to school and everything. There's that. Then there's the whole hourly workforce that's out there in our um, hospitality fields, whether that be hotel, theme parks, restaurants. Um, some of the theme parks have shut down. I know I'm out here in Southern California, so those were shut down. They're, they've now reopened, but mm-hmm. during the peak of the pandemic, you know, those people in, especially in fast food restaurants and everything, they're out working, you know, out in the public and they didn't want to be, they felt like their health was put at risk. I mean, I've worked in the financial services field and banking, those branches were open and those mm-hmm. people were exposed to, you know, they're, they're paid an hourly wage. They're stressed. They got stress going on at home. They have children yet they have to come in and that they're trying to keep themselves healthy and not bring it then home and pay for childcare or whatever they have to do. So they just found that it was just easier to quit. Hmm. So and overall it's either, fatigue. It's, all, it's just fatigue. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, what do you think, Tanya? Yeah, you know, totally agree with everything Terry said. And then kind of expand on it because of COVID and many people did have to work from home and their kids were home doing school remote, right? And all this chaos. So that created the stress. But some good things that have come out of the pandemic is that a lot of families weren't spending as much money on gas commuting. All of a sudden, they're able to be home more. Hey, they may be spending more on groceries, but they're not going out to eat as much and spending, you know, a lot more money on that. And there's a lot of people that have gotten into cooking, so they're not going out to eat. So, Mm. hey, if the restaurant hours are closed more, mostly because they can't find staff, you know, it's kind of a double whammy, right? So people are cooking more at home. And then when they want to go out to eat, it's either so busy or there's limited hours. I mean, we face it Saturday night. We're in the Chicagoland area and it's like, oh, hey, let's first of all, let's call and see if we need a reservation. And then secondly, let's see how late they're open. You know, mm-hmm. so there, there's we're having to really plan out and uh, look at things very differently. Um, and then another big thing with the lower wages, I think people are learning to live on less because of this, right? So Mm -hmm. say that, you know, uh, let's stick with financial services, say that a wife has, or even the uh, husband or another spouse, they have, you know, a teller job and they're making what, Terry, 12, 15 bucks an hour. Is it in that range still? Right. Right. And, uh, you know, they were paying for daycare before, but do they need to, you know, if their kids are home now and that was their choice, hey, do I really need this job? And just to be, you know, clearing 500 bucks a month after I pay for daycare. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of interesting components going on. I really think a big part of it is people are learning to live with less and, Mm -hmm. you know, those lower paying jobs, the 12 to 15 bucks an hour, even up to 20 bucks an hour. It's like, Hey, can we just, you know, button up a little bit and you can stay home with the kids and we can have a better quality of life. I think that's a big part of it. Well, you know, and all of that, when you talk about that, you talk about backing out the daycare costs. So you have somebody that's making that hourly rate back out the daycare costs. You know, what are they coming home with, right? The 500 bucks a month. But then I read something else um, that, you know, those people are now they're getting by on one car because mm-hmm. it might be that they're just going to they're at home. So they're you know getting by on one car. They cut the car insurance on the other car. And so net net, they're equal right at the end of the month and um, they're at home with their children. And so their quality of life has now changed dramatically for the better. So really, uh, the pandemic you might say, has forced us to look inward, consider our situations, and respond accordingly. And a lot of people have done that. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard, what that's created is really an employee-driven market right now. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, right, two years ago, um, no one wanted to raise the minimum wage. Businesses fought that. They said they wouldn't be able to survive. And now, you know, they're they're paying that amount that they said they couldn't before just mm-hmm. to get people in the door. So it's really interesting how that's flipped around. The mm-hmm. industries that are really struggling right now are all your hospitality, uh, retail, service, a lot of those industries because they don't pay a lot. And people are like, hey, I can find an online job where I don't have to deal with the public, which is really an interesting kind of component um, and a really interesting labor statistic, too. In uh, the month of August, a record 4.3 million Americans quit their jobs. Now, we're not talking layoffs. We're not talking 
um, you know, shortages because of the pandemic, we're talking quit. And I think Terry mentioned a really interesting fact earlier in that 55% of Americans are contemplating a job change right now. That's half the job market. That's incredible, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah. One in two people are literally um, expecting to leave their job in the next year. It's just going to make the hiring market worse. And Terry described it perfectly. It's a perfect storm. It's all these things kind of coming together at once that's really driving this. Now, you could look at this and say, well, you know, so 55% are going to change, but those people are going to shift into other positions. And then wouldn't that help account for some of the positions that are open now and just offset where uh, open positions are? Or is it more complicated than that? I think it could be people going to better paying jobs. Yes. I was chatting with a, a recruiter. And she was telling me that uh, exactly what you said, Tanya, the, the forty to $60,000 salaried range of employees almost doesn't matter where or, or in what industry is a complete struggle right now to, to fill those spaces. So now we're talking about not just, I presume, not just service industry, but forty to 60000 salary. These are These are other industries. Is that fair to say, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, it's a lot of lower level administrative type roles, entry level type roles. And honestly, I think it's people shifting to higher level positions like Terry was talking about, mm-hmm. and it's kind of leaving a void for uh, for that range. And then what's happening is that you've got the company down the street that's got the same open position and they're wooing, you know, the person that's making $42,000. They're saying, hey, come on and work with us for $52,000. And, um, wow, that's a, you know, they're going to wine and dine them to get that job filled over there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the current company that person's with, they might only be able to pay another 3% and they're getting, you know, 10 grand more a year down the street. Yeah. So So it's competitive. You know, it's an employee market. What are the chances that, that the, some of the service industry folks will move into that 40 to $60,000 range and take some of these positions. Yeah. And I think, um, Richard, a kind of a class or a group that we can speak to that would, would be, uh, kids in college right now. So they might be working that hospitality type role. Uh, It's great for flexibility, the hours, right. But once they graduate and they move into professional roles, um, you know, they typically take those or it could be, you know, people after COVID, kids are going back in school, things are tapering down. Some of the people that left those positions may be coming back in the future too. So it's it's kind of early to tell, but you know, I think those are a couple kind of obvious things that we can we can point out. Mm-hmm. What about the whole uh, uh, work from home virtual thing? We talked about the notion that for some people that's stressful. Also, get the impression uh-huh. that for some people that's what they want, and. Uh, now it's kind of interesting because companies, some of them anyway, are saying, want you back in the office, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do we, uh, how do you look upon that? What I've seen, Richard, is that people are negotiating a hybrid work arrangement. So, Hey, you know, during COVID, I got to work from home the whole time. It really worked great for my family. You know, I'd still like to work two to three days from home. And they kind of try to build that into their offer package. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see a lot of progressive companies, you know, realizing that, hey, these people were just as productive at home. 
And if that's increasing their work-life balance and their quality of life, hey, let's keep doing it. And then you've got some cultures as well, companies that really, really value that face-to-face that they're saying, hey, yeah, you got to come back. So it's pretty interesting to see the wide kind of polarizing dynamic that we've seen with um, either working remote or working in the office. Um, Back to but that pe- employer-employee market, right? If, yeah, if yeah. They're, they're leveraging if, that. They're leveraging it. So if their company is wanting them back in the office five days a week and they're saying, hey, you got to come in, we're not doing this work from home thing anymore. But then again, company down the street says, no, what, you know, you set your hours. If you want to come in twice a week, you can. If not, we'll set you up at home. That's fine. They need the work done. So now it's about who's playing this better. And it's, it's, it's a game, right? Who's playing the game better? Yeah. This company, they're seeing the the benefit of the, uh, that younger workforce that know technology, they know how to operate and how to be at home and how to maximize technology in the workplace now. And so, you know, they're, they're utilizing those people in that workforce. So, so a, an organization that is saying, absolutely not. I need to have my employees in the office. They should, if they want to fill that position, get creative and say, maybe I need to set that aside. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they need to just sit there and go, wait a minute. It worked for the last year and a half. You made a point that uh, employers found out distance working works. What if they didn't? What if they aren't convinced it did work? Is that a is that a a a culture issue? Is that a a employee issue? development issue? Is that an employee performance issue? So if somebody said to you, yeah, well, I didn't really like it when my employees were not in the office because X, what does that say to you? You know, I got it back to back to where we're talking about the managers. I think managers need to hire talent. Managers need to hire and, and to treat people like adults and trust them to get the work done. And that's how you manage in a remote environment. And, you know, after my job was eliminated in June of 2020, I went to work and, and I had these fantastic management team that, you know, I would only talk to them if there was an issue or, you know, we, they just knew they hired the right people for the job. And so we just did our job and we got it done and we were held responsible if something didn't go right. But then I went to work for another company that um, another financial institution that did not have that same theory and and mindset. And, you know, I logged in at eight o'clock and boom, there was an instant message immediately saying good morning. Or I had to, as a professional in my trade, had to check in with them and let them know when I was leaving for lunch. I had to let them know when I was returning from lunch. I mean, ridiculous. I have done this job for 25 years. They hired me for my skill um, and my experience, but then I had to stay online until six o'clock at night. And they would send these messages at, you know, one minute until six o'clock to see if I was still on. And it was like, there's such a distrust with that. Mm -hmm. Guess who left her job? Yeah. Right. So uh, let go of the reins to some extent. Let go of the reins and just let people do their job. Yeah. And if they don't do it, it's going to sort itself out anyway. 
If they don't do it, then that's where performance management comes in. Yeah. You know uh, what? There's a whole other thing that I want to make sure that we make on, on this because, yeah. you know, we talk about the young families and, and being in school and, and, you know, the, traditionally the mothers are leaving their roles and staying at home to help with the schooling, the at-home schooling and all of that. And I think there's an entire population that we're missing. And that population actually affected me. And that is that I am the closest child Mm -hmm. to my mid 80 parents. Mm, Yeah. And that during this pandemic, I was the one that was closest, that was, you know, responsible for kind of overseeing their care, the shopping, getting them back and forth safely to doctor's appointments and just their overall well-being, going and visiting and doing all that. So I was working at a new company, so trying to learn a new company where they had me work until six o'clock every night <laughs> as an exempt employee. Um, and and yet, you know, I had and the stress of that. So the stress of my own personal family, my own personal health, plus now dealing with you know, me in my fifties having to deal with now the 80 something year old parents. Right. So it wasn't just the younger families and their children in schools. It's now my parent in air quotes, children that I was trying to manage myself. So it's that entire opposite population. And and then that whole group that left the workforce too. Do we have enough in savings can I do this without working um, because I've got this other big, you know, elephant there that, that I need to take care of. That's a big, you know, it's not a burden, but it weighs heavy on you. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just something else you have to coordinate and keep track of. Exactly. While exactly. you're answering but the incident. You message. know, it kind of forced me to look at my retirement and can I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my husband and I had to have those conversations. Can we do this? So that that could be, you know, kind of managed well on that end. So I imagine the answer for some people is no, they can't. They have to work. Yeah. 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 Majority of people. Absolutely. Right. So anybody want to take a uh, moment, look into the crystal ball and and uh, offer some <laughs> perspective on how this is going to sort out? That is to say, we talked about how uh, wages are being raised when a while ago we were told they couldn't be. Uh, we're talking about how a certain positions are difficult to fill, et cetera, et cetera. Are we going to go back to the way it was, do you think? Or is this some kind of permanent shift? Yeah. Um, Terry, chime in when I'm done. But I really think this is going to go on for quite a while. I don't think we're going to see a, a quick shift anytime soon, Richard. You've got the federal legislation coming down, increasing the uh, minimum wage. Right. So, you know, that's a law and that's in a, that's going in effect. So we're going to continue to see this, I believe. And I really think uh, job offers with as many people that are probably going to leave their jobs in the next year, I think it's just going to really promote an employee driven market. And I think it's going to continue a while. Terry, your thoughts? Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think as technology advances, Um, there's going to be, you know, more and more demand to continue to work at home. Um, People are proving that it's working and they don't need to do these long commutes. Um, You know, the work-life balance for them is very important. 
Um, some people are seeing that, you know what, I don't need that big corner office job. I don't need this. I don't need that. Um, it's not that important to me. I spent good, valuable time with my family. I want, I want to do that. And so work-life balance, um, that, you know, even though that, that phrase has been around for a long time, boy, did it come into play this past year and a half, big time. Mm. I think more so in the last six months. Um, and as people are going back to work, they're thinking, do I really want to do this? And I think um, we're not going to go back to how we were. Um, it's going to be, you know, we're moving forward in a whole different way. And um, I think for the positive. Agreed. All right. We'll leave it right there. Don't forget, Terry and Tanya do this all the time. This is uh, just a little taste of what they do on Go Talk with HR, the podcast. So look for that where you find podcasts and check them out at gotalkwithhr.com. Thank you both. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for listening to The Richard Pyatt Show. Click the subscribe button to stay in touch. Visit richardpyattshow.com and on Facebook. Search Richard Pyatt Show. Thank you.